Chapter Twenty Two of Natalie Page. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Natalie Page by Catherine Haviland Taylor. Chapter Twenty Two Detective Work. It was on my arm when I rolled up my sleeve. S.K. gasped i'll give up he said there is something supernatural about it no i replied trying to quote from him there is always some logical and sane explanation of things of this sort you see i put it there he said you little devil and then he smiled unwillingly think you're funny don't you he continued i said i hoped so for i was trying to be and then i told him why i had deceived him about mr bilkins and how if he were not around there would be no one to smooth things if they were rough and i added that i couldn't possibly spare him that anxiety would have kept me awake all that night and that i was sorry i fibbed you're forgiven he answered i like the story especially the last part but what gets me is the fact that i put off seeing a detective until this morning when last night might have got the chap s k i said loudly i beg you not to get one because that note said that if i told i'd be hurt if you have the slightest regard for my feelings you will do nothing and let events care for themselves in fact i forbid your doing so and it is after all my matter i ended this coolly and as if i meant it then i stood up rubbed my hand across my forehead and said i've got to get out in the fresh air can't we motor he said we could and he was very baffled and upset by my manner which was not natural you're upset by this he said as he buttoned my coat for me and i simply won't have it you shan't be made nervous and jumpy and i-you will not do anything i ask you not to i presume i questioned turning to him but nat he protested s k i said if you do it will end our friendship that is all he said well i'll be darned and followed me out s k s man was in the hall dusting some old brasses that s k had picked up in the little hill towns of italy and i was not surprised s k was annoyed for he likes the work of his establishment to go on when no one is around in the outer hall i paused i said i wanted a drink and we went in again debson wasn't in the hall and i wouldn't let s k bring i'll go to the kitchen i said and as he protested i ran out ito was there talking to debson i was not surprised at that either then i went back and we went driving i didn't mean to speak that way but i had to i explained after we started you see your man was listening i found ito in the kitchen and both debson and ito wear duds that come from rogers pete and last week i went in there and matched the sample and it came from one of their suits it was quite easy to match for it has a purple cast and the weave is unusually tight ito said s k possibly i replied but i don't believe it you engaged this man just after i was so annoyed and troubled by being followed and when i saw the blind man so often that ceased and someone began to creep in my room get in somehow at night i will never forgive myself said s k through set teeth don't worry it's over i answered all we have to do now is to arrange to bag him or them and that ought to be simple if i go in with you when we return and tell you where i am going to hide it to-night we'll catch him she or them i know it s k thought it was a good idea but we stopped to see a man who is noted for solving crimes and finding who did them in his office we made all plans and then we started on 
better have lunch with me said s k and then for the first time i remembered willie s k was not pleased to hear that he had come he acted quite peevish and i was surprised why does he come here he asked lots of good southern colleges all you people are always talking about the supremacy of the south and then you lope off and leave it but if i hadn't i put in that he said sharply is quite different don't be silly nat how old is this young pup i told him and i suppose very handsome he questioned further i admitted it and has already asked you to marry him should be locked up like to thrash him why s k i protested i don't think you're nice i'm very fond of willie and for two blocks we didn't say a word can't you see he explained after that long silence that no man has any right to bother a youngster or ask her to marry him no matter how much he wants to until she's past the doll's stage here you are having tea in the nursery and he butts in where angels would bear their heads and says you can have him if i recollect correctly have him my heavens i was mad i've not played dolls for years and i never had tea in the nursery because we hadn't any i always ate with uncle frank i maintained a frigid silence and then i made talk deliberately manufactured the article on coldly impersonal lines while s k glared ahead and answered in monosyllables i believe that there is a tablet on the wall of one of the buildings of columbia which asserts that the battle of harlem heights was enacted on that spot i said i'd like to see it no doubt said s k i didn't know what he meant by that but he meant something for his tone was full of implications perhaps willie will take me down i went on possibly said s k dryly he admires hamilton i continued and i must take him to the metropolitan to see that portrait that was painted by trumbull what made burr challenge hamilton political jealousy really i said hum grunted s k what year did burr kill alexander hamilton i questioned further eighteen o four why i exclaimed that was the year the jumels were married wasn't that strange i mean considering that she married aaron burr later yes it was a terrible thing for burr to do wasn't it i said and then i added that i was glad duelling had gone out of style and wasn't allowed any more if some of today's politicians would shoot each other said s k it would be a great thing for the country and i don't see how they could hit the wrong man that was the longest speech he had made all the way home something had made him very cross and pessimistic i gave up trying to make talk and absorbed and made use of the prevailing silence that word s k who i think didn't want to share the silence that he was using for an umbrella to cover his grouch he looked at me several times as we whirled upstairs but i pretended i was completely absorbed in the little iron plaque that says the elevator is inspected by inspectors every two weeks but of course i was not deeply interested in it having almost learned it by heart when riding in the elevator with people at whom i didn't want to stare in s k's apartment we began to disagree about getting a detective once more but that was the plan s k really did it well he walked up and down using his cane very heavily and once and again almost thumping with it but i tell you nat he shouted this has got to be stopped let it go a day or so s k i pleaded i ask only that and then if things don't calm you may do as you like but because of that note i beg that you let it go for a couple of days anyway please s k i entreated and really i made my voice shake after ten minutes of my nervous insistence he gave in then he sat down on the arm of a chair which faced me and said where are you going to put it to-night i don't know i answered but i'll hide it somewhere there are plenty of places and i'm not afraid i thought perhaps i'd slip out the bottom drawer of the tall highboy and put it on the floor under that hum mused s k not bad no one would think of looking there i thought not i agreed complacently then he rang for debson and he came in and told us what he had heard in the night 
and he did it well i wondered whether i was all wrong as i looked at him and heard his explanations then i thought of jane's confusion and the extreme doubt about any one's icing beer the whole thing was confusing after that i went off i asked s k not to bother to come up with me and i did it coldly for he had been unpleasant but he came what was the matter i asked as we waited for the door to open he didn't fence he is always honest i've been fiendishly cross haven't i he questioned instead of answering not fiendishly cross i said but sulky and i went on to say that i cared too much for him to ever purposely hurt him and that if i had i was sorry will you forgive me nat he asked stiffly there's nothing to forgive i said but i hate having you not like me not like you he echoed not like you and then he laughed but not very happily but i didn't know what had troubled him until later when i got in i found that willie had gone and amy was telling aunt penelope how nice he was evelyn was a little amused at amy's description but that didn't bother amy she raved on in the most elaborate way he must have been a dear little boy she said sentimentally he wasn't i responded truthfully he always had three teeth out and his pockets full of frogs legs and garter snakes evelyn shuddered but amy chose to dress this with romance how brave she said how manly then i went to the door closed it asked them to be quiet and not to let out any surprised exclamations after which i told them what had happened and what was to happen aunt penelope had been gluing numbers on records and had kept a firm clutch on one of these be calm girls she warned as i finished we must be calm and then she tried to blow her nose on the record and fan herself with the handkerchief which she held in her other hand amy kept looking back of her as if she expected someone to steal up and thump her at any moment and evelyn tried to darn the darning egg while the stocking which should have been over it lay at her feet and the plan said aunt penelope as she carefully put the paste-brush in the ink the plan i said is to be worked out this evening two gentlemen mr grange and mr thompson business friends of uncle archie for ito's benefit are coming up to play cards we will play in here until something happens an absorbing game will keep any one up you know and i am to stuff a bolster for my bed oh isn't this thrilling said amy and to think that all this has been going on and no one knew it what was that my darning egg responded evelyn with a glare toward amy and if you can tell me why you have to shout and scare every one out of their senses when anything drops mother do you realize that you are putting the new republic among the golly kirky records i see you have it neatly numbered so i have said aunt penelope but be calm evelyn be calm we must all be calm here dear and she handed evelyn an incense burner under the impression that it was her darning egg they were excited then i warned them about showing disquiet after which i opened the door ito was on his knees picking up rose petals from the floor the table on which the vase of them had stood was by the library door i wondered anything like that made speculation what are you doing here ito asked aunt he opened his hand and showed her the result of his labours to be sure she said looking nervously behind her and then lunch being on we went out and pretended to eat amy said she had asked willie to come back that evening i was glad for uncle frank was to go at seven something and willie as a piece of home would help over his leaving and the coming strain herbert will be here said evelyn when ito was in the kitchen and we were alone then she looked at the centrepiece with a sort of moony expression that made her look half witty you could see that it was true love he always is said amy then she spilled salt and had about ten thousand spasms bad luck she said oh dear a nonsensical superstition said aunt penelope sharply but throw it over your shoulder 
amy if you kick the table again you may go to your room then the telephone rang and aunt pretended it was uncle archie your father says some friends of his are coming up to play cards she announced as she returned he suggested that we ask mr kempwood to make a fourth when evelyn asked after dinner replied aunt penelope as she settled ito had heard and after he left the room we heard voices from the kitchen the door swung i heard jane's voice very clearly and it said to-night somehow we got through the afternoon but not happily every one jerked and jumped and said did you hear that what was that if her hair as much as stirred amy said she would feel much better when willie came in and evelyn said i wish herbert would hurry i dressed at seven and after i'd got along to their hair-doing stage ran up my shade and my window a little way as if i felt that the room was close then after looking around i put my bracelet under the bottom drawer of the tall highboy and after i did so i heard the tiniest noise on the balcony then i slipped from my kimono put on my frock hooked it closed my window and left dinner was a very exciting affair but it didn't compare with the developments of the later evening those oh my again i need that word that hasn't yet been made the one that means fear in all its various forms every one was frightened even the detectives i know it End of chapter twenty two